I love the fourth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be looking at part of that today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. If I were to try to alliterate an outline for the whole chapter, I would say that it talks about our need for holiness. That's what we talked about last week. God wants us to be his people. We're his people. And so because we are, because he is holy, we're to be holy. It's not a word that we use a lot today regarding us. You know, in fact, when we take the, talk about the word holiness, a lot of people kind of uh, turn up their nose a little bit like, well, that's uh, kind of legalistic. No, it's not legalistic. It's the way God wants it to be. He's talking about like, if I'm a husband, I'm to be a faithful husband. Nothing legalistic about that. That's just what's supposed to be. And if we're God's children, if we're the children of a holy God, we're to live a holy life, and especially in the area of moral purity. And that's what we talked about last week. So holiness and then harmony is what we're going to talk about today. And uh, I'll actually use a different word, but it didn't start with an H. So I've got to keep the alliteration here. So holiness, harmony, and then uh, honesty, and then hope. Uh, this uh, last part of chapter 4 is that great passage that we read at funerals a lot. It talks about the coming of the Lord. And so we'll be looking at that in a couple of weeks. But today we'll look at harmony and honesty. And I want to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. 1 Thessalonians 4, <clears throat> 9 through 12. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, but I'm going to anyway. That's what he's saying. You know, it's just sometimes we tell our kids, now I know I don't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. And so uh, uh, we all need to hear. The Apostle Peter said in one place, it is good for me to repeat what I've already told you. So we need to hear some things even though uh, we already know it. So he says, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. So they had a good reputation as a loving bunch of people. He says, uh, I'm telling you, you need to have brotherly love. I know you're doing that. Uh, and and uh, everybody that talks about you says, you know, those people really love each other. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more. So he says, you're doing great. We want you to even do more of it. And to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs. Really, the word business would even be better there. Mind your own business. I preached a whole sermon one time on the MYOB. Mind your own business. And that's important uh, for us, and that's what he's telling us here. Mind your own business and work with your hands, just like we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders, that is, unbelievers, and be dependent on no one. Just a little background here. When Paul had been in Thessalonica, he had talked to them about the gospel. Many of them had believed the gospel. And then he had told them about the, the return of Jesus, that Jesus was going to come back. And so they were excited about that. In fact, every chapter in First and Second Thessalonians ends with some kind of reference to the second coming because the people had gotten real confused about it. They thought 
Paul was telling that Jesus was going to come back this year. And uh, so because of that, some of them had stopped working. They'd just given up their jobs. And they, but they still needed to eat, so they kind of uh, were, were uh, what's the word, not sponging, what's the word I'm, I'm trying to use, uh, uh, living off of other people, living off of other Christians. What's that? There's a word for that. What? A, what? Leaching, yeah, that's a good one. Leaching, sponging, uh, uh, what? Depending. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, uh, well, anyway, they, you, you got the point. Everybody's thinking about it, so you know what I'm talking about. But, but uh, it'd be like this family. They gave up their job, but they said, well, our cupboard's running bare. We expect Jesus back maybe this week, but what if he doesn't come back this week? We'll go over to our neighbor's house. And we'll, uh, and we'll see if they can feed us. And so that was going on in the church in Thessalonica. In fact, it really becomes clear in Second Thess- uh, Thessalonians. But this is what he's addressing. And so he says, uh, it's great that you love one another. And, uh, and, and, but he said, uh, you, need to, you need to take care of your business, work hard, stop uh, uh, Leeching, that's, maybe that was the word. Stop, stop leeching, stop sponging off of your neighbors and uh, work with your own hands, make your own money. Don't be dependent on other people. So, uh, so that's what I want us to look at. And uh, uh, first of all, I've got like 10, 10 things I want to say this morning. They'll all be relatively brief, though. Uh, one, brotherly love is the mark of a true Christian. And so Paul said, I, I, I shouldn't even have to tell you to love one another because you're doing that because God has taught you that. How does God teach us to love one another? Well, it's because he's loved us. We love others and we love him because he first loved us. And by the way, why did God love you? What is there about you that made you so lovable? Not a cotton-picking thing. God did not love you because you were so valuable. You are valuable (laughs) because God loves you. God did not go around looking around the world, finding some some people that are just super-duper special, and say, oh, looky there. Uh, There's Elizabeth Gomez. She's just a... I'm just going to love her. No, that's... She is sweet and she is special, but that's not why he loved you. In fact, the reason you're sweet and special is because God loved you. And his love he poured out into your heart. And so now, since you've been loved, since I've been loved, since we've been loved by God, he teaches us to love other people. And you say, yeah, but what if they're not lovable? Uh, That's the whole point. I wasn't lovable, but he loved me anyway. And so I don't look for people that are sweet and kind and lovable. I just look at people and I say, God loved me when I wasn't lovable. So he's teaching me to love other people even if they're not lovable. And this word for brotherly love, it's, uh, you know, they're, Four different Greek words for love. Three of them are used in the New Testament. And <clears throat> one of them is just like a family love, you know, a love between a father and a son, a brother and sister, so like that. And then this one is brotherly. It's f- 
Philos, Philos, Philos and Adelphus, brother. So Philadelphia is the city of what? Brotherly love, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. And that's the word that's used here. He says that we're to be Philadelphians. And uh, I'd rather be Ovillians, but, uh, but, but I want to practice brotherly love. And he says, uh, it's the mark of a Christian. John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus said, By this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you carry a great big Bible and go to church every Sunday. Right? Oh, no, that's not what it says. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Isn't it wonderful? That's the mark of a Christian. That's the way the world recognizes it. Back in the 60s, before most of you were born, uh, there was a very popular Christian song that we used to sing when we'd go to these uh, uh, little protest rallies and things like that, you know, uh, and uh, we would sing, and they'll know we're Christians by our love, by our love. Ben, you remember singing that? Yeah. And that's, that's the truth. I mean, Ben's not as old as I am, but, but I, I know you, were, you remember some of the 60s, maybe just as a kid. But, uh, uh, and they'll know we're Christians. I used to sing that song uh, around campfires and other places. It's a great song, and it's biblical. That's the way unbelievers know that we're Christian, not by how many Bible verses we can quote, not even by how active we are in church, but it's the love that they sense and see that's in our life. And uh, in the whole fourth chapter of 1 John, we won't read all of it, but that chapter concludes by saying that if any man says that he loves God and he hates his brother, he's a liar. And the truth is not in him. You can't love God and hate your brother. And if you say you love God and hate your brother, the Bible says you don't love God. You're just saying that you love God. So it's a serious thing. So brotherly love is the mark of a Christian. Number two, this love is in us, but it has to flow out from us. The Bible tells us in Philippians to work out our salvation. That doesn't mean we work for our salvation. It means that when God saves us, he works into us salvation, and we are to work it out in our relationships with other people. So... Uh, so we're, we're taught that the love is, is already there. We don't have to say, God, give me love for other people. He's already given that to us. As a matter of fact, this is number three. We're taught by God. This love is taught by God, and it's instilled by the Holy Spirit. Listen to uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 5. It says, the love of Christ, the love of God, has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you have love in you? Now, we don't always exercise it, unfortunately. And sometimes when people are being uh, cantankerous and, and, and mean and, and hateful, we kind of 
put a cap on that love. But God says, no, it's there. It's there. You can love. And uh, there have been a few people over the years that I have had to pray earnestly for God to love them through me because I didn't love them. Sorry, but it's just true. You know, we talk about, somebody asked me that this last week if I was prejudiced. And I said, well, uh, it depends on what you're talking about. I said, there is a group of people that I am prejudiced against, and I, I shouldn't be, and I have to ask God to help me out to be. And they thought I was going to say some race or something like that. And I said, no, I, I am prejudiced against prejudiced people, racially prejudiced people. And when I hear somebody use uh, uh, a word that is downing a race, when I hear somebody use the N word, everything in me just goes like that. And I want to run away from them after I bonk them on the head. And so I, it, it really, I'm, I'm prejudiced against prejudiced people. And God said to me one day in my heart, that's prejudice too. And you need to love those people. You need to love them because I love them. And I said, okay, but you're going to have to do it through me. I can't do it by myself. And he says, well, you really can't do anything by yourself anyway. So I will love them, and I'll use you as a channel to let that love flow to them. So who do you have trouble loving? Well, God says, I can love them through you. Let me be the force and the source and you just be the course, okay? I think I'll write that down. I like that. Uh, all right. So he says uh, the love is in you. And then number four, he said it's for all the brothers, not just for the ones that you know. <clears throat> I mean, it would be easy for us to love the members at Bear Creek Baptist Church, wouldn't it? And that's just, that is a piece of cake. We, we just... We love each other, and uh, uh, but but then you get outside of this group, and you get into even other denominations, and then you get into other other groups, other countries, other racial units, other ethnic uh, groups. You love them. Well, he says to love all all brothers. And whether, whether I go to another country and uh, meet Christians in Belize or in Bulgaria or Liberia or Uganda or wherever, I find people there, if they love Jesus, we love each other. It's just automatic. There's just a camaraderie. There's a brotherhood, a fellowship that is so great. <clears throat> and by the way, next Sunday... Miss Lois, our missionary from China, is going to be here in our service. Now, she's been in the United States for 
six months now, so she doesn't have any uh, coronavirus or anything like that. So you don't have to be scared of her. But you still don't have to hug her, but you can fist bump her. By the way, on the fist bump, when you do the fist bump, be sure you do it this way, not this way, because that kind of sends a different message. So just that way, okay. All right. So do this more. It's for all brothers. And then he says, number five, do this more and more. Just, just expand that circle of love greater and greater and greater and greater. And uh, how far does it go? How far out? Where does the circle of love stop and we, it's okay to not love the people outside that circle? Who would be the, the last group in that circle they're called enemies they're people who hate you they're people who would love to harm you so how do we treat them say surely surely you wouldn't expect me to love my enemies would you oh wait a minute i believe there's actually a verse in the bible that says love your enemies and he uses the word for God's kind of love. Love your enemies. So uh, there's just not anybody that we can give a, uh, that, that we can cross off the list and say it's okay for me not to love them. And again, we were enemies when God loved us. And when Jesus was dying on the cross, he looked at the very people who had nailed him to that cross. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't understand, know what they do. So we're to love even our enemies. And then he moves into this next thing. A part of love is, uh, number six, aspire to live quietly. Try to live uh, a quiet and a, a peaceful life. Aspire to live quietly and number seven mind your own business don't be busy bodies look at second thessalonians chapter three uh next book over second thessalonians chapter three verse 11 for we hear that some among you walk in idleness not busy at work but busy bodies busy bodies a busy body is somebody that is busy in everybody else's business and we've all had that happen to us and maybe some of us have done that ourselves because it's so easy for us to criticize people who don't do things the way we do it have you ever noticed how how our way of doing things in our minds, it becomes not only the right way, the only way. One of the biggest fights that we ever had in the church that I pastored in Humboldt, Tennessee, was at a church fellowship, and it was over how to make cornbread. There were two ladies who uh, had both brought cornbread to the fellowship, and one of them made hers a different way than the other lady made hers. And they got to talking about how to make cornbread. And I just, I noticed this, 
volume getting louder and louder over here. And the next thing you know, they were almost ready to hit each other with a cornbread pan or something. And I went over to them, tried to calm them down because people, everybody was looking, wondering what was going on. And I said, ladies, ladies, ladies. And they said, well, she says that you put sugar in your cornbread. <clears throat> I never put sugar in my cornbread. How many of you put sugar in your cornbread? One, two, three, okay. Well, y'all just don't do it right then, according to this, according to this lady. You know? And then they got talking about how many eggs. And, and they were just going there. So I, I finally got them to step outside, you know, and so we could just at least calm things down. And I just thought, how ridiculous that people could get so bent out of shape over something as silly as making cornbread. And the truth is, I didn't really like either one of their cornbreads. I didn't tell them that, but I started to teach them how to make it. And uh, then there would have been a three-way fight, wouldn't it? Okay. So mind your own business. Don't be busybodies. Uh, uh, look at First Peter chapter 4, verse 15. He, Peter also mentions this. Apparently this was a problem, always has been a problem in the human family. First Peter chapter 4, verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a, and actually the King James says, busybody here, as a meddler, somebody that's meddling in other people. You say, well, a murderer, uh, a thief, an evildoer. We understand that, but you mean you're putting busybodies in the same group as murderers and thieves? Well, he does. He says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, thief, or uh, evildoer, or a busybody. And then he says, in, uh, the, the eighth thing that I have here is, it's important for Christians to work hard. Do you know that in the Greek world and in the Roman world, many times one of the marks of a successful person was that they didn't work. In fact, that's what made a gentleman a gentleman in England was they didn't work. If you read Jane Eyre's books, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Darcy and all of the different gentlemen what made them a gentleman wasn't that they were sweet and kind. It was that they didn't have to work for a living. They had an independent wealth. And so there were a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the Roman world that didn't work. They had slaves that did their work for them. And so they, they were not, they didn't work hard. And Paul says to them, and by the way, this is a, a beginning of a movement to try to free slaves, even in the Roman world, among Christian people. And uh, uh, that's a whole different subject, but, uh, but he says, look, don't let other people do all your work for you. You roll up your sleeves, do your own work, and, uh, and be examples to those who are outside. Be examples to unbelievers. Jesus told us to let our light shine. Why? So that others, that is unbelievers, would see that light and glorify our Father in heaven. 
God wants us to live in such a way that people actually watch our life, and we don't go out and, and talk about what we do. We just let it shine. We just shine. And other people see our way of living, that we're being honest in our dealings, we're being hardworking in, our, in what we do, and other people see it, and they admire that. And they say, God is working in their life. So let your light shine. Be an example to unbelievers. And then the last thing he says is do not be dependent on others. And again, in the Thessalonian fellowship, there were some people who were asking other people to provide for them. And he says don't be dependent on others. Now that doesn't mean that there's not a time when we need help to receive help. There are times, in fact, part of the body of Christ, part of the functioning of the body of Christ, is that when one member has a need, others supply that need. But it is done out of love, not out of requirement, not out of demand. So the whole idea here is that we're to love one another, let brotherly love continue among you, but at the same time, do your own work. Take care of your business and don't depend on other people to take care of you when you are able and responsible to take care of yourself. So uh, that's the, uh, the idea of holiness, harmony, and honesty in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And then next Sunday, of course, is Father's Day. I'll probably have a message for fathers next week. But then the next Sunday... We'll talk about that passage that everybody loves so much about the second coming of Jesus and the catching away of the saints. All right, well, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this passage. It's so, uh, such a reminder to us that you love us, that you have made us stewards of various things in our life, and that you want us to give glory to you by loving other people and by working hard with our own hands and by helping others but not depending on others. And I ask you, Father, to help us as your children to want to live holy, clean lives, harmonious, happy lives together, and honest lives as we deal with one another and with the world around us. And I pray it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Are you a Christian? That's really the question. You know, most people who come out to church during a lockdown, pandemic, whatever, they come because they are Christians. But I would say this. If you have any hesitation, if you have any doubt, any question about your relationship with God, I sure would love to talk to you after the service. I'd love for you to come and say, Brother Nick, I, I don't know whether I'm truly born again or not. And uh, if so, I'd love to meet with you after the service. So if you need to come this morning in some way as we sing our invitation hymn, you come and I'll meet you at the front. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. 
If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.